This is episode 238. Your passion and purpose might be hiding underneath your anger with Kirsten. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I want to welcome all my new listeners. Thank you so much for being here. And as a reminder, every Wednesday when I put up a numbered episode, like number 238 with someone's name, that means it's a unscripted, unedited, unproduced coaching session. And every Saturday I put something up called Coach's Corner where I either interview another expert thought leader or I talk to you about something or guide you through meditation. So that's the format of the show. All my veteran listeners, thank you so much. This is really the time to come together in community. And this is just an awesome, awesome, awesome community. I get so excited when those of you who listen come on a retreat or come join me in my personal mastery course, which is my my online course, but it's also my community where I give you a monthly group coaching call where Steph teaches you breath work and where we have a live one day retreat every year. And that program is open all year long and you get the coaching calls monthly indefinitely. So head over to christinehassler.com slash mastery. And we have a special offer because we know that more of you are wanting to invest in personal growth work, but there's often uncertainty in terms of finances. So I want to just speak to that uncertainty regarding finances and really encourage you not to go into scarcity or withholding. One of the best financial practices I have engaged in since my 20s, and I really do believe it's one of the reasons why I am financially secure and abundant today, I have always, always, always invested in myself. I have prioritized my coaches, my personal growth education, above all else. <laughs> I would say the next bucket would be health, but I I categorize personal development and health kind of in the same quadrant. After that would probably be travel and experiences. But I always have invested in myself because I know there's always a high ROI or return on that investment. And by doing that, I'm communicating to the universe. I believe I'm abundant. I believe that I am worthy. Because when we go into scarcity and fear, we often can tap back into some unconscious beliefs that we're not worthy or we're not supported or we're not safe. And haven't you worked through those enough? <laughs> so you don't want to come back into constriction. Now, I'm not saying go out and spend tons of money and buy tons of things and be irresponsible. But if there is something that really resonates with you and that you really feel is important to you, then I encourage you to invest. And there's a couple ways to do it with me. I mentioned personal mastery and we're giving a $200 discount. So $200 off the price for personal mastery. Just when you go and check out, enter the promo code health and you'll get $200 off. And we're also offering a yearly payment. So a payment plan spread out over 12 months. And what that means is it equates to about oh, around $70 a month. So completely doable. 
Um, so go to christinehassler.com slash personal mastery. And if you have any questions about that, you can email Jill at christinehassler.com. I also have two openings for private clients. So if you've been wanting to coach privately with me, perhaps this is the time. I've had a lot of space open on my calendar, um, less speaking. So that makes more room for private clients. I limit my time for private clients because I really give a lot to my private clients and I always want to be available to them. So if you're interested in that, again, email Jill at christinehaster.com. And of course, for those of you who are interested in our Be The Queen program, those single ladies who are interested in calling in your partner, that's christinehaster.com slash be the queen. And we have a six month payment plan for that as well. And just a heads up, I support any kind of relationship, heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, still figuring it out. This particular program is for heterosexual women because that's how I identify and I'm teaching how I called in my partner. So it'd be rather out of integrity to say it works for everybody, but personal mastery and my private coaching, all of that is open and really works for anyone, any sex, any identification open to all. And remember, as you're navigating through this time of uncertainty, Steph and I are always doing our free calls where we do guided breathwork, meditation, and coaching. And that's just at christinehassler.com slash free call. All this will be in the show notes. I know I mentioned a lot of possibilities, uh, but if you have any questions or you don't really know what's right for you, just email Jill at christinehassler.com. Set up a call with her. She's just amazing. So intuitive, such a great coach. And our intention is always to, to help you find the best program. And if that's not with us, we'll direct you somewhere else as well. So you can really trust us on that. So our caller today, Kirsten, is asking about what's next for her. She's right now a stay-at-home mom. Her kids are getting older and she has this anxious feeling because she's wondering what's next. But as usual, that's really not the direction I coach her in because I was more curious about what was creating the anxiety and the urgency around figuring out what's next, especially in this time of uncertainty. I was curious about what was getting triggered. So we explore that and it takes me, I have to do a little digging before I get into it. So hang in there and be sure to listen to the breakdown after the call. So as you're listening, consider, are you wondering what's next? Maybe you are a mother returning to the, a mother or father returning to the work environment, like today's caller, or maybe you're reevaluating what you want to be doing, especially everything that's going on right now, or maybe you've been laid off and you're wondering what's next. Did you have a parent that had a temper, but it wasn't really directed at you, so you could see their loving side, so you don't really think it impacted you? Do you have a hard time feeling and expressing anger in a healthy way? Or do you often feel guilt about acknowledging your anger at someone you love because you feel protective of that person? And how do you do in calm when there's really nothing to do? For example, how are you doing in this period where it's actually quite calm if you go within and you have less distractions? Does anxiety get triggered when you don't know what's next? Or can you go into the calm and peace and equanimity of possibility? So keep these questions in mind as you're listening to my session with Kirsten. Kirsten, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, how are you? I am a stay-at-home mom. I have almost four-year-old and almost two-year-old. And I was very young when I had them. And I, I was 25 when I had my first and 27 when I had my second. But I never really started a real career before I had them. So mm-hmm. I'm just like now trying to find myself, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So I just have no idea what's next now that they're getting older. I mean, I still have some time. My son's still only two, so but I'm just like feeling a little lost and like getting nervous as they get older. Like once they're in school full time, I definitely want to be fully working. So I'm curious, like what's underneath this thought that's Mm -hmm. producing this feeling of nervousness. So let me just ask a few more questions. Are you married? Yes. Are you happily married? Yes, definitely. Okay. And does your husband work full time? And does he have a career that he likes? He does. Okay. So, and how long have you been with him? We'll be married five years this year and like six and a half or six-ish. Okay. So how old were you when you met him? Well, I've known him for like a lot of my life, but we started dating when I was 22. Okay. Okay. And, and so now you're 28, almost 29? Yep, exactly. Okay. Have you read 20 something, 20 everything? I looked it up online and read like little clippets here and there, but I I haven't read it now. Okay. Well, I suggest grabbing it. Okay. Because the, what do I want to do externally? Mm -hmm. There's so many other questions to ask before that in terms of really finding out who you are, because you met the man you married at 22. Mm-hmm. That is very young, especially in today's day and yeah. age. No, oh, no judgment. No, it's just, it just an observation. You had kids a lot younger than most people are right now. Yeah. So your identity has been being a partner, wife, and mother. And so what I feel is underneath this is this like, well, who am I really? But I think this goes back farther than just 22. So what I mean by I feel like it started before that is sometimes, depending on our upbringing, we can develop a personality and even an identity of who we think we need to be either for other people or based on what other people told us we needed to be. Right. Definitely. So I'm just wondering if you think about your upbringing and your past, Mm -hmm. what were you told about who you needed to be or, and, or what happened in your life that made you think you needed to be a certain way? Um, I mean, my parents started with nothing and made something and they had us as teenagers, they had multiple kids. And so we witnessed that. So, and I started working at a very young age and I saved up money from when I was 12 to when I stopped working at 24 when I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I'm the one who actually was able to put the down payment for our house and everything. So I've just always, until I married my husband, I was like, just good at saving money, making money. And I think it's from watching my parents Mm -hmm. and like what they have done. So I I don't know, I think, and then not having money, like in having to rely on my husband, I don't love that feeling just because I've never had to do it before. And I was taught to, if you want something, you make your money and get it. What else do you think you were taught about money and making money? That you have to work really hard for it. Definitely. My dad busts his butt and so does my mom. Mm -hmm. And who are you if you don't have money? Um, I guess I'm a dependent. (laughs) Just because I know, like, I think I've definitely taken things on from my dad because he grew up like, like 
below poverty line. And, you know, he was kicked out as a teenager and left on his own. And so he has the, like, I don't know where my next meal is coming from, kind of poor, where I never was like that. But I think I've like taken a little bit of that on, just never wanting to like not have enough, I guess. I don't know. Right. Right. But underneath that, right. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so here, here's what I'm thinking and feeling. You tell me if this resonates in order to have worth and value in the world and in order to be safe in the world, you need to make money and you can't rely on other people. And if you need to work really hard to make money. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think I can rely on other people. I just don't feel as great about myself relying on other people. Right. Because I'm talking more about unconscious beliefs and programming. Right. Because the model you saw was your parents busting their butt, not a lot of mm-hmm. people helping them no, and working really, really hard. So often how we get our parents' love and validation and approval is we mm-hmm. become more like them. So there's a part of your own self-worth that comes from working really hard. And I yeah. think why you're starting to feel nervous about it, Kirsten, when, mm-hmm. as your kids are getting older, cause you kind of had mm-hmm. a, in air quotes, excuse, For not sure. to, like a justifiable yeah. one. Yeah. And now that you don't have a, again, in air quotes, excuse, yeah. then this is coming up of, oh my gosh, like, where's my worth and value going to come from? Like, who yeah. am I if I'm not working? Who am I if I'm not making right. money? So let's answer that. Who are you? Oh, God. Um, I'm a mother and I'm a great mother, I think. I'm a wife. I'm a friend. I don't know. I, I'm just things to other people, I guess, now that I'm yeah. saying it out loud. You're, you're a bunch of roles. Yeah. Who are you other than that? I don't know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. I think I've put a lot of value on the roles I am. Yeah. And we all do. We all do. And those things, Mm -hmm. those things matter as well. Mm -hmm. And if we don't put even more value on just who we are, Mm -hmm. independent of what we do or what roles we're in, then our whole life, we have to be doing something. Otherwise we don't feel valuable. Yeah. And so if you were my personal client, Mm -hmm. I would be not helping you figure out what's next. No, that would probably annoy you, but I annoy a lot of my personal clients (laughs) (laughs) because you'd want to know, no, what's the career? What's the career? And I would say, Kirsten, we're not there yet. We need to allow you to sit in this discomfort and allow probably some of the emotions and feelings that you repressed as a kid, because Mm-hmm. From what you're saying to me, it doesn't sound like you had anything particularly traumatic. Is that correct? Um, no, no. I mean, I don't think so. I've, you know, witnessed some things that weren't ideal, but like we all what? have. Um, just a, aggression, I guess. From who to who? Um, my dad to my brothers or like outside people to outside people so your dad was physically aggressive to other men or outside people um I I mean he was young and it's like I don't want to say anything negative about him because he's a great man but he just had a lot of trauma from his childhood 
that like he went through as he was parenting us because he was a child parenting us basically he had us so young so you're doing a really good job of defending him yeah yeah and this is what keeps us from healing right because you know I take I take it back what Mm -hmm. I said about you not having a lot of trauma I just hadn't dug deep enough Mm -hmm. so seeing your father lose his temper Mm-hmm. be aggressive with his brothers or any outside people with my brothers yeah sorry with yeah sorry yes that's traumatic to see because it's very scary it's very scary and that doesn't I hear you that he had trauma and he's a good man I hear yes. all of that and I believe right. all of that but it doesn't take away the fact that it happened and that's what's so important to understand about the way significant events and traumatic events land, even if there's a great psychological explanation, it doesn't take away the pain that happened at the time. If psychological right. explanations cured everything, I wouldn't have a job. Right. Just no. explain to people why they right. feel like they will. And I feel like I'm good at seeing that in other people, like especially like my brother has had some issues and both of them in different ways. And I'm like, oh, I can see exactly where this comes from. And I always have been external. Like when I was before my husband, I dated this person that I had to take care of. And like, I can see what he needs, but I've never like focused on what I needed. It's been like a big part of my life, I think. So would it be fair to say your dad had a temper? Yes, definitely. And how do you think... So that can be scary. Yes. Imagine yourself as a little girl. How do you think that you decided as a little girl, you'd prevent him from losing his temper? Just stay out of his way. Be quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, There was nothing I could do because it wasn't me who normally, I mean, and for some reason he treated, I was the only daughter. I was the only girl. So I was different than everyone else. That. I was less afraid of him, but I mean, sometimes I would be the one to tell him he needs to stop because I was felt like I should, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I would, you know, just get out of there or be quiet. Yeah. I guess as I got older, I got braver to like stick up to it. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. So what impact do you think? Your dad being a bit explosive and sometimes being aggressive towards your brothers, who I'm sure you loved, Mm -hmm. and who maybe we could say was unpredictable and inconsistent. What impact do you think that's had on you? It's so funny because I know the impact that's had on my brothers. Like, I can say that, but I I don't know. Say that first. Um, They both took it very differently. And one, they both want, one wants to be him and one wants to please him. Like one wants to do, he does what other people think that he should do. And that's how he lives his life instead of just being him. And one is just, so he just tries to like emulate him in the wrong ways. So I don't know how it's turned out on me because I feel like it was different towards me. And, um, I don't know. Just think about it for a moment. How that makes me... Let's look at... Let's use your brothers. Okay. So we've got one brother who 
wants to be more like him. Is that the older one or the middle one? The middle. Okay. So he... I think they both want to be like him in two. Yeah. It's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so do you. Yeah. And way. I'm the most like him for sure. They're not like him. Like I have the same personality as him. Not that I'm angry because I didn't have a childhood like he did. So I don't have that. Well, I'd probably disagree that you're not angry. Yeah. <laughs> not to the extent that he is. But right. I think one of the impacts, and mm -hmm. I'll just throw some things out and you can see. Okay. So one of the impacts that it may have had is deciding at a young age, I never want to be like that. Like I, anger is scary and mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like that. So that probably created a pattern of suppressing and swallowing a lot of your own feelings. Well, I, I definitely was angry and towards, you know, my brother, one of my brothers, especially, and I did express it. And then as I've aged and now that I'm a mother, I've definitely learned how to not do that. But yeah, I probably did, did yeah. like, yeah, a lot of the time. Besides with him, I probably didn't express it. Yeah. And there's anger at dad. There's anger at mom for not protecting everybody. Sometimes, yeah. And again, this is not about making anybody wrong. Mm -hmm. And again, expressing anger, the way I teach it is not to go and yell at the people that have hurt right. you. Right. Of course. Do it in a very yeah. healthy way. Right. And passion and the things that we love, not just what we do to make money, but mm -hmm. our true calling and our true passion in life, it often sits underneath our anger. So if mm -hmm. we haven't really gotten to our own anger and the things that have pissed us off, off in life and the things, especially as women that we just had to witness or tolerate and we just were good or quiet or whatever. And we mm -hmm. didn't let a lot of that out in a healthy way. Then it's often hard to find our passion yeah. because it's the same, you know, that fiery energetic of anger is the same as passion as well. Right. So here's, Again, just my, what I'm observing. Mm -hmm. So first I hear that your parents are good people. They worked yeah. hard. Your dad's a good man. I can tell you love him a lot. You're also protective of him. Yes, I am. But in that protection of him, you may be holding yourself back. And I promise, and this is coming from someone who has done her own work around both her parents. And if you allow yourself to feel some of the suppressed anger and sadness that you have about them or about things mm -hmm. that happened and you move through that and eventually you get to real forgiveness, not just mental forgiveness, yeah. then actually your relationships get closer and better because in wanting to protect him so much, you're also, it's one of the ways you're protecting yourself from going into some of this past pain. Right. I think I have a little bit. I've done like journaling and I've realized some things of like why I did things in the past and some patterns that showed up that I've broken. I would like to think. Well, that's amazing. And I'm sure mm -hmm. you have made progress. But the question you asked me is I have this nervousness feeling because I don't know what to do next. And so I'm tracking inside of you 
this unsettled feeling. My observation is that this unsettled feeling comes from feeling unsettled a lot as a kid and just wanting things to calm down, just wanting no one to yell, no one to fight, all those things. Again, I thought that was normal for a long time, that that's how life was. And I realized with my husband, who's the calmest man in the world, I was like, wow, you know, life just kind of sails nice. There's not these big blowouts. And then, you know, it's up and downs, up and downs. And it's, it's so nice to have a life like this that we've created together. Well, it is for some part of you, but there's another part of you that it isn't nice for. Otherwise, you wouldn't have asked the question you did. It was something to put your attention towards like, right. oh, this is the issue. And then when you don't have issues, you yeah. really have to focus more on yourself, which this is definitely the first time in my life that it's been this way. Especially when you're a new mom, you're really yeah. busy. Yeah. 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 So what I would suggest is maybe at night after your kids go to bed and before you're about to go to bed, Mm -hmm. Do release writing, which is different than journaling, where you write as fast as you can. You don't edit it. You don't think about it. None of that. It's Mm -hmm. like free form writing. You just blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And use the stem sentence, I'm angry because. And just write, I'm angry because, I'm angry because this reminds me of because Mm -hmm. I'm mad at you, dad, because, because here's the thing. The anger that we have at people if we don't express it, it's in there anyway. And you've got to put the part of you that's like daddy's girl, that's protected, yeah. that loves him. And then yeah. also feel sorry for him at times. Yeah, You've got to put her aside mm-hmm. and let the little girl come out who didn't like all the yelling and right. didn't like being scared. And, you know, is like angry, you know, sometimes we're angry at our parents because even though they had a challenging childhood, it's like, why couldn't you get your shit together. Right. Not, you know, deal with your stuff. So I didn't have to deal with this. Right. And it's okay to let that out. Not again at the person, but in right. a, in a journaling or in a temper tantrum technique, yeah. those kinds of things. So I would get 20 something, 20, everything. I would do the writing. Again, if I were working with you, you're really good at the mental. You're very smart. Definitely. Yeah. You could be a psychologist. Like you can put Mm -hmm. things together where I think the opportunity is in the emotional. Because the other thing is you were the youngest, yes? Yeah. Yep. So having two older brothers, there probably wasn't and a mom that was working all the time. There probably wasn't a lot of room for you to be emotional, feminine, go into your feelings, all that kind of stuff. No. No. And do you have a daughter? I do. Yep. Okay. So it's going to be important for her that you learn how to be in your feminine a little more too. I think that's true. Yeah. Does this give you something to work with? Yeah, it does. What'd you learn? I've learned that even though I mentally understand my childhood and things that weren't perfect, I have to feel it more. And I think I'm good at not you know, for not showing emotions or feeling emotions because that's how I got by until yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of you, quote unquote, having to feel it more, mm-hmm. being as Kirsten, you, you are feeling it just in an unconscious suppressed way. Mm-hmm. And that's why this nervousness is coming up. Yeah. Like if you didn't have 
this kind of feeling simmering below the surface, you'd be like, you'd be okay with calm. And so you're feeling it daily at an unconscious level. This is just about bringing it up and out of the unconscious so that it doesn't manifest as nervousness, anxiety, pain in the body, sickness, so on and so forth. So that you can get that energy up and moving because under that is your passion. Like I know for sure I wouldn't be as tapped into my calling and what I love as much as I am had I not done the amount of anger work that I've done because it, it connected me back to my fire and it got me out of like time back to what I said in the beginning. It broke me free of being the person I thought I needed to be to please other people and stay safe, right. which was a lot of pretending everything was fine and just not right. myself. It helped me be the person I truly am. I definitely, I see glimpses of that in my life now. Yeah. Of stopping, start. I don't care as much about what, people think I should do or the things I enjoy that are different than others or I'm starting to get glimpses of that. Oh, good. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, I hope this helps my love. And I just really acknowledge you for, you know, for doing this work because it's so important, especially as a young mom, to be able to do this. And I'm just really, really proud of you. Thank you. I definitely think it's, I got into it when I was pregnant, listening to you and it's led me through other doors. And I think it's made me such a better mom. Oh, for Um, sure. I'm so lucky and thankful for it. Oh, well, keep doing your work and remember that doing anger work and letting feelings out is actually in in a therapeutic way, in a safe mm-hmm. way, is actually in service to your relationship. So any guilt about, you know, the dad stuff, just give yeah. yourself permission to express your anger because that will make for a better relationship in the long run. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsten, for your willingness. I know that I went a much different direction with you than you probably wanted. (laughs) And I I really appreciate you working with me and not getting blocked by resistance. I love my tribe. You're so coachable. So let's dive into this. And as we are, I'm sitting, enjoying a beautiful day in Austin. I have the windows and doors open. So you might hear some birds chirping in the background. At least I hope you do. All right. So Kirsten called in wondering what's next. And she has fallen into the old three-dimensional trap of looking for something external to relieve something internal. In other words, she wants to know what her next thing is, what her next job is to relieve these feelings of nervousness or what's next. And especially my seasoned listeners, you know that something external never fixes or resolve what's going on internally. So it could for a while, like let's say tomorrow she's offered this incredible opportunity and it's exciting and it's a band-aid for a while, but I guarantee that feeling of anxiety, looking for what's next, needing to always be busy would come up again. So the first route I went with Kirsten is to explore whether or not she formed an identity or even what I call a compensatory strategy that was behind this desire and drive to go out and do. So again, those of my longtime listeners or readers of Expectation Hangover know that a compensatory strategy is something that we're good at, but isn't necessarily good for us. 
So in other words, we develop these things, like for me, it was overachieving that give us worth, that give us validation, that make us feel safe, but aren't necessarily deeply fulfilling. So I went and did and did and did and did because that made me feel worthy. It made me feel validated. But underneath that was super deep insecurity. And my overachieving also produced a lot of stress in my life. And so she did have a little bit of this identity of, I always have to be working. I have to be working hard. And she even said, I don't love the feeling of having to rely on someone. Because I think for her, she made that mean that she was less than in some way. And she believed that you had to work really hard for money if you want to make it. And it's super important to have money, which she's taken on from her dad. So there's this fear of not having enough. So even though her husband has a job and has a job he likes and can support them financially, she can't be calm in that, right? And part of the reason that it's hard for her to be calm in that is because so much of her identity is wrapped up in doing and in making money. And now that she has quote unquote, an excuse to not make money, you know, being a mom, now that that quote unquote excuse is maybe reaching an expiration date in her mind, then all this anxiety is coming up because who is she if she's not making money? And when I asked her, who am I? She listed a bunch of roles. You know, she really doesn't know deep down who she is. And I think part of that for Kirsten and for so many of us is because we're so busy doing, we're so busy being human doings that we forget about being human beings. And in this time where we're staying at home, we have an opportunity to come face to face with who we really are because we're less distracted. So I encourage you in this time to go within. Don't just fill your time with 40 yoga classes a day and 60 million online courses and binging on Netflix series and learning how to, you know, bake paleo desserts. All of that is great, but balance it out with just space and time of nothingness and see what comes up. And that's why mastery is such a good investment at this time. Mastery or expectation hangover. My book, Expectation Hangover, you can get it used. You can get it at the bookstores. I mean, it's less than $10 if you get it used or you can get it on Kindle um, or audio, but I really suggest reading the book. But this is the perfect time to do a lot of that inner work and to deal with the feelings that are coming up. So back to Kristen, my spidey sense was first a little off in thinking she didn't have any trauma. That also could be because she didn't believe she had any trauma. But as we dove a little deeper, we discovered that she had a dad who I get had a tough childhood, was very lovable, was very good to her and her brothers in a lot of ways. And he also had a temper. He also was aggressive towards other people, towards her brothers. And you could even hear, you know, Kristen didn't want to divulge too much of that. So you can feel her, her loyalty and her protectiveness of her father. But in that protectiveness, she's also protecting herself from feeling her own feelings about it. And part of her coping strategy for all this, you know, when I asked her, how do you think as a little girl, you could prevent him from being aggressive? She just said, well, it's just being good. So she's adopted this be good, do good, just keep busy, stay quiet. And even though she might've expressed anger at her brothers or something in the past, she hasn't really release the anger, especially at dad in a healthy way and possibly even at mom. So this is important because our passion and our true calling often sits underneath our anger. So if we haven't gotten to our own anger, especially as women, and we don't let a lot of that out, then it's hard to find our passion because passion and purpose, it's a fiery energy. It's a juicy energy. And when I, when I lead women through an anger burn, like I do at my retreat, 
oh my gosh, they're on fire afterwards. They're lit up. They could like do anything. And that's where passion comes from. Otherwise, what we think is our passion or what we think we want to do comes more from this place of conditioning. Like this is what I should do because this is what makes money or this is what my family does or this is what I was told I was good at. But when we can release the energy of compassion, it's like we open up our whole second chakra of our body, which is our hips, our reproductive center, our low back. And think about it, especially as women, that's where we create life from. Well, for men too, <laughs> but women birth life into life from this area of our body. And when we really pull the anger out, then oh, all that opens up. So releasing anger in a healthy way. What do I mean by that? I teach it in expectation hangover and I teach it in personal mastery. I call it the temper tantrum technique. It's been taught to me by a variety of people, but basically it's finding a safe space. You can do it through writing, but I really think that anger release is better when you use your voice. And in expectation hangover and in personal mastery, I walk you through exactly how to do it. So if this is resonating with you, I suggest you get either one. And it's important that we feel our feelings and voice our angry feelings at our parents in particular, not at them directly, but in a therapeutic way. They never need to know about it because like I said, in trying to protect them, we're suppressing our own feelings. And when we can get that anger out, and let it go and eventually get to forgiveness, real forgiveness, not spiritual bypass forgiveness, then we actually can have a different relationship, a more healthier relationship with our parents. So this conversation with Kirsten about her suppressed anger all came from tracking her unsettled feeling. And she said, you know, I have this great husband. It's so nice that everything's so calm with him, but for some part of her, it isn't nice. That part of her that's used to having inconsistency, that part of her that's used to having the other shoe drop, that part of her that's used to seeing or experiencing explosive anger. So even though it's calm now, there's still a part of her that's waiting for something. So that's why she's got that unsettled, that nervousness and just wants to do. But if she rides that feeling and really goes into the anger rather than trying to figure out her next job, then one, she'll have more calm. And two, I bet her passion will be revealed. And again, so important to release that anger to release sadness and get that energy up and moving so it doesn't turn into anxiety, more fear, pain, disease. If you missed last week's Coach's Corner with Nicole Sachs, go back and listen. She talks about how emotions create chronic pain in our body and talks about how to move that through. So go back and listen to last week's Coach's Corner with Nicole Sachs. That's your first takeaway. Your second takeaway is if you're in your 20s or early 30s, grab a copy of 20 Something 20 Everything or 20-something manifesto. 20-something, 20-everything is just for women, but 20-something manifesto is for either. I love 20-something manifesto. I just actually reread it. And it's not just for 20-somethings. <laughs> if you just want a good personal development book, ignore the title, ignore the 20-something stuff. And it's such a good personal discovery book. Also, grab Expectation Hangover. Come join me in mastery, christinehasser.com slash mastery. We're giving $200 off and a 12-month payment plan with the promo code HEALTH. If any of that's confusing, just email jill at christinehasler.com. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of following any nervousness or anxiety into the bigger feelings that are underneath that. Because if you do, that's where you'll find your passion and that's where you'll find your calm. I promise. It's how I found mine and how, how I help so many people find theirs. And it's not about indulging in the feeling or being angry all the time or blaming anybody. It's just about getting it up and out. It's like passing gas. Sorry to give a crude metaphor, 
but you don't want that in yet. Better out than in. I'll end with that. Much love and many blessings, everybody. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Mm-hmm.